Welcome to this week's edition of Island Recast. For more information on Grand Memorial Presbyterian Church or Pastor David, please go to gmpc.org. So legend has it that as Alexander the Great was sweeping across the known world, he heard of the town, the city of Phrygia, that, uh, that there in the center of town was a knot that was so intricately tied together that anyone who had the wisdom to be able to untie that knot would be declared king of that city. And so uh, the, it, it was known as uh, Gordian's Knot. And so when Alexander rides into, uh, rides into the city, he wants to see this. He wants to show people how smart he is. He wants to unravel it so that they can declare him to, to be king so he doesn't have to you know, conquer the city. And he looks at the knot, according to the legend, and he's trying to figure it out. And then finally he gives up. He pulls out his sword and just hacks it to pieces. So technically he has undone the knot and they declare him to be king of the city. Now, what does that have to do with the book of Romans? Some people just can't handle mystery. I mean, that knot was a mystery. And he looked at it and he couldn't figure it out. And rather than live with the tension of a mystery in his life, he just cuts it up into pieces and thinks that that that, that, that just solves everything. We live with a mystery, and that mystery is God. God is the legitimate mystery in our lives. We will never fully comprehend or wrap our minds around who God is. And because of that, there are people in their arrogance who say, well, if I can't figure out this mystery, I'm just going to pretend that there's no mystery at all, and I'm going to just pretend and live like there is no God. I, I, I don't want to live uh, in, in a world where I can't have control and dominion over all things. So if you have your Bible, I would invite you to open it up to the 11th chapter of Romans. We're concluding the 11th chapter of Romans, yay, uh, chapters 9, 10, and 11, the, these, these parenthetical uh, chapters have been a challenge for us. But I have to tell you, uh, I, I have learned so much in praying through and preparing for these sermons through these, ele- through these uh, three chapters uh, that, uh, boy, if I had to do it all over again, I'd do it all over again. So as we come to the conclusion, the last part of the 11th chapter is really a tipping point for us in the book of Romans. We're going to look at a doxology that Paul has written, celebrating this legitimate mystery of who God is, not just with regard to the future of the Jews that we have dealt with in these three chapters, 9, 10, and 11, certainly, uh, this doxology could be seen uh, and is seen as kind of a, 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 a mighty conclusion to these three chapters. But it's more than that. It's, it's also a, 
a, a salute to the mystery and the glory of God that we have unpacked throughout these 11 chapters, going back to chapter 1, working our way through 1, 2, all the way through to chapter 11. These verses celebrate what we have been able to glean, knowing that there is still fruit on the vine, we will search forever to try to fully understand and won't this side of eternity. So there is that legitimate, that legitimate mystery that is presented to us in chapters 1 through 11 of the book of Romans. So we come to this doxology, this tipping point, and we, and we move from the uh, uh, from the why and the mystery of God to the so what. What does all of this mean to us? Well, if you want to know that, you're going to have to come back next week uh, because the answer to that question starts with Romans 12, chapter 1. Right now, we're going to focus on this beautiful doxology, this, this, this culmination of, of this mystery that Paul deals with, with, with regard to who God is and, and how God is working uh, in our world. You'll remember uh, that last week we, we, we kind of settled in on this idea that, that every single person, every single one of us need grace and mercy in our lives. Remember, we talked about that a few weeks ago. That's the bad news. The bad news is we cannot do it in and of our own strength. The good news is that we don't have to because Jesus Christ, who is fully God, fully human, came to this earth, took on flesh to show us the face of God, to teach us how to live together in community, to die on the cross for our sins, to raise from the dead through the power of the Holy Spirit, and it's that power that's at work within us, transforming us into the image of Christ. He ascended into the heavens where he reigns supreme over all of the universe, and the day will come. The day will come in the fullness of time, in the fullness of time, when Christ will return and establish his eternal kingdom here on earth. That's the good news, and, and that is always the good news, and we celebrate that. And then Paul moves into this beautiful doxology. The word doxology, uh, doxa, uh, the Greek. You, you see ology in lots of words. I mean, there's, there's theology, and there's psychology, and there's biology, and zoology, and uh, the ology means the study of doxa. That word doxa is glory. So a doxology is the study of the glory of God. Just kind of wrap your mind around that as we move into this, these last four verses of the 11th chapter of Romans. Oh, the depth of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God. Just think about that for a minute. The depth of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God. What is wisdom? What is knowledge? Knowledge is nothing more than a collection of information. Wisdom is knowing what to do with that information. Knowledge is a deadly tool when no one sets the rules. I fear the fate of all mankind is in the hands of fools. That's a quote from the King Crimson Rock Group from, from back when. But it makes so much sense. There's a lot of knowledge out there. There's a lot of information, but people don't use it wisely. Wisdom 
is the right application of knowledge. Wisdom is knowing what to do with that information. Oh, the depth of the riches of the wisdom and the knowledge of God. How unsearchable His judgments. This is where we need to lean into the mystery. We will never fully comprehend the mind of Christ this side of eternity. But we believe and we trust that God is doing the right thing, even though we may not understand it. As I was reading these verses, my mind was drawn back to Isaiah 55, probably one of my favorite chapters in the, in the, in the, book, of, uh, in the book of Isaiah. And this is where we read that the heavens, uh, for your thoughts are, are not my thoughts, uh, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seeds for the sower and bread for the eater, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. That is the mystery of God at work within us. Within this world, that is the depth of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God, the unsearchable judgments of God. We don't like to think about judgment when it comes to God. We like to think of God as love and grace and mercy and peace. And He is those things, but He is also just. And this is particularly important for us. We live in a time when there's a lot of talk about injustice. And as followers of Christ, it is incumbent upon us to enter into these conversations and dialogues so that we can peel back the layers and really understand what the issues are. And if we lack the wisdom to do that, guess what? The Bible says we can ask God. In the book of James, God says, if any of you lack wisdom, where is that right there? Yeah, I could quote it, but... I misquoted the Lord's Prayer this morning, so I don't, I don't trust myself. <laughs> you try to do this. You stand up here and you pray with knowing that all these people are watching you and then go into an automatic and then have one thought enter into your mind and you're off on another tangent. If any of you lacks wisdom, he or she should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given. We can access the wisdom and the knowledge of God. We can. It's available to us. That's part of the mystery. Are we going to get everything that we want? <laughs> yeah, right. In my dreams. God's unsearchable judgment. Never, ever, ever doubt that God is at work, even in the most challenging and trying circumstances that you find yourself whether it's, whether it's COVID, whether it's the loss of a loved one, uh, 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 you know, whether it's dealing with a serious illness, whether, what, what, what financial ruin, whatever it is, never ever think that God has abandoned you and that he doesn't know what's going on and that he is never, never think. Remember that God is able to redeem absolutely anything in your life for his glory and honor. For his purposes. That goes back to Romans 8.28. All things work together for good to those who love God and are called together according to his purposes. Not all things are good, but all things work together for good. It's a difference there. God is able to redeem everything for his glory and honor. 
Oh, how unsearchable his judgments and his, his paths beyond tracing out. Who has known the mind of the Lord? Paul's going to ask us three rhetorical questions. Who has known the mind of the Lord? <clears throat> my, friend, my friend Ed McVaney used to say that he was blessed with having the mind of Christ five seconds a month. And, that, and, and uh, would he like more than that? Yes. But he says, if I can have five seconds of the mind of Christ a month where I think things that are so far above my pay grade that I absolutely know that, uh, uh, that God is speaking into my brain, I'm, a, I'm, a con- I'm, I'm content in my, in my life. Uh, the, the reality is no one. Three rhetorical questions. The answer is no one. Who can know the mind of Christ? Who can know the mind of God? We are called to know it. We are called to strive for that. We are called to bring every thought captive uh, to Christ uh, so that we can morph, if you will. That's the transformation that we are after as we engage in our spiritual disciplines, reading Scripture, studying Scripture, praying, doing acts of service, those soul exercises. Those are the things that allow the Holy Spirit to do the work within us to make us more like Christ. Who has, who has known the mind of Christ? Or who has been his counselor? Boy, I know lots of people that like to sign up for that job. I know lots of people who say, Lord, uh, you are so blessed to have me on your team. I'm just the greatest thing since sliced bread. And, and if you ever need some help, you just call on me and I, you know, I, I, I'll, I'll give you advice. You know, that's the people want to be God's counselor. Who has ever counseled God? So we do these pre-sermon Bible studies. And on Friday, uh, uh, June McLeod, and she's given me permission to tell this story. She says, oh my gosh. She says, I was praying. And as I was praying, I found I was telling God to do this and telling God to do that. And in the middle of my prayer, I said, oh my gosh, I'm trying to micromanage God. I said, it's okay, June. He understands. He understands. He loves you and he forgives you. But how often do we try to micromanage God? Who is God's counselor? No one. And then this last question. Who has ever given to God that God should repay him? Who has ever given to God that God should repay them? God owes us Nothing. And yet, through Christ, has given us everything. Just sit with that. In these three questions, we see the transcendent wisdom of self-sufficiency. God alone knows all things. God alone is the wonderful counselor. God alone has all things. As he closes off his doxology, Paul writes this, For from him and through him and to him are all things. For from him and through him and to him are all things. From him. Just think about that for a minute. 
God is the source of everything. Nothing exists apart from God. And I love the narrative that tells us that God spoke the world into existence. The power of the spoken world. The source of all things. And through him, not only is he the source of all things, but he sustains all things. We live and breathe at God's good pleasure. There's, uh, uh, there's, there's wonderful studies uh, on how fine, finely tuned the, the, the universe is. Uh, the, the astrophysicist uh, John Polkinghorne uh, uh, talks about, brilliant guy, he's like, <laughs> brilliant guy, talks about how finely tuned this universe is and this little, this little blue ball that we call Earth. That, that uh, uh, you know, some, some people say, well, you know, the, 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 the bands for life to exist on earth are, are, are wide. No, no, they're not. Scientifically, they're very, very, very narrow. Uh, it, was, it was described as, as uh, being on one side of the universe and aiming for a target on the other side of the universe uh, with a pistol and hitting a bullseye across the universe, people. That's how astronomical the odds are for life to exist on this little blue ball. Every factor, the density of the air, the gravity that holds us to the earth, the position relative to the sun and to the other planets is so finely, finely tuned, all sustained, by God. From him, the source of all things. Through him, the sustainer of all things. And to him are all things. To him, we see significance in our world and in our lives. The bottom line is the mystery of the altogether good and merciful and faithful God revealed to us through the person of Jesus Christ. Oh, there's a legitimate mystery there. And sometimes mysteries, sometimes we love, you know, who doesn't love a good mystery? But what do you get when you finish a good mystery? You get the solution. You find the answer out. Who wants to read a mystery book the second time? Well, you come, sometimes you do it. You know what? You know what's fun about reading a mystery book the, 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 the second time? Because oftentimes the author will give you little hints that if you don't know what you're looking for, you will totally and completely miss. But you go back a second time and you read it and you go, oh, I never saw that before. Oh, look at that. Look what that points to. And you know the same thing is true with Scripture? You go through and you read Scripture one time and you think, okay, well, I've done that. Where's the next one? No, no, man. Go back and read it again because the author has left clues that show who he is and what he is doing. Not, not everything is revealed, but enough to keep us coming back. God is the legitimate mystery in our lives. And sometimes, sometimes we struggle with that. 
because we like mystery to a point. But when we come up to that Gordian knot, that mystery that we can't quite solve, we have to resist the temptation to just rip it up and walk away and say that it doesn't matter. Oh, it matters. And you know why it matters? Because those mysteries push us to be better people, more faithful people, draw closer to God than any other thing in our lives. You solve a puzzle and you go on to the next puzzle. If we could solve the puzzle and the mystery of God, do you think we would hang around? A God that we could understand fully and completely would not be a God worth our time, worth our worship. What keeps us moving toward that mystery is the fact that even though we are finite beings, we have been created in an infinite image. We've been created in the image of God who is all-knowing, all-powerful, and everywhere present. And the thing that we have to keep in check in our own lives is recognizing the mystery of an infinite God in whose image that we are created that strives, that, 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 that drives us to be more than we ever thought we could be, remembering that God is always doing the right thing. God knows what God is doing. And we can rest in that mystery. Kathy Ellis, also in the Friday morning, uh, it's an online Bible study. If you want to join us, you can go to the church calendar uh, pre-sermon Bible study at 11 o'clock on Friday. You can, you can, uh, you can join us for that. Uh, she had this written in her Bible with regard to these verses, these final verses, from him and through him and to him are all things. From him, the plan came from God. Through him. We couldn't free ourselves from this prison of sin. It could only happen through him. The great work of Jesus on our behalf, through him, that brings salvation. And to him, it is to the praise and the glory of his grace. It is for his pleasure that we are created and find fulfillment in bringing him glory and honor. And then she concludes all of her emails with a little tagline that says, God is still writing your story. Stop trying to steal the quill." Oh, the depth of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable his judgments, his paths beyond tracing out. Who has known the mind of God or has been his counselor? Who has ever given to God that God should repay him? For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Thank you for listening to Island Recast. For more information, please go to GMPC. I think that there's not a one of us that doesn't want to conquer life. What are the Gordian knots? 
that you're encountering? What are those mysteries that refuse to unravel, that keep you awake at night? The challenge for us is to let God be God and pray and seek the power of the Holy Spirit that we might be faithful followers of Christ. Recognizing that at all times of our lives, there will be those Gordian knots that we cannot figure out. It doesn't mean that God has abandoned us. It doesn't mean that God is suddenly not powerful. It simply means that God is doing something that's just a little bit above our pay grade. And those are the times when we need to lean in and really believe and trust that God does know what he's doing. Resist the temptation to dismiss the challenges in your life as futility. Trust that God is at work, that he will never leave us, and we will get through this, and we'll do it together.